Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Oh My Pod. I'm your host, Chelsea Reif, and today we have a very exciting guest on that is covering something that I've always been curious about, and that is building a business from the ground up. Now, some might argue that my podcast is a business, but I would say it's more of a side hobby or fun project for me. While I'm trying to think about it in a more business-focused mindset, I still just love creating the content and interviewing people. I don't like to think about all the other aspects of the future, and that is why I need someone to help me think about the business side of things. So I had my friend Sam Nebel on, who founded Good Wipes. They are flushable wipes and body wipes for busy people, that's their tagline, do more, feel good, live clean, that is their slogan, and they have the cutest packaging They have the funniest slogans, and they're actually in Target and Amazon. They only started five years ago, and anyone that has any inkling of how business works to be in a national retailer like Target is a huge freaking deal. So I thought, how on earth did Sam, who I actually partied with in college, start this wipe company? There's already wipes out there, and now he's in Target and Amazon, the national, biggest national retailer, and Amazon's the biggest online retailer. So obviously he had to have a really good strategy, a really good idea of what his product was, how it was going to differentiate in the market. And that stuff is so interesting to me because these aren't things that happen overnight. And I want to know about the grind behind it, what you had to actually do to get there and not just, oh, we had a vision and then we launched it. Like what are the actual steps to launching a business? So we're going to get into all of that today with Sam and you guys are going to hear about Good Wipes. Go get them today. They're the cutest things, like I said. And with that, let's jump into this episode. Today we have Sam Nebel on, the founder of Good Wipes. And you're probably thinking, what is that? Who is this guy? Why are we having someone on that invented a business? Anyone that has had a side hustle or a passion project knows how much time goes into it and me even putting time into this podcast is a lot of investment not only of my personal time but resources and eventually this is something i would love to do full time so i wanted to have sam on to actually talk about how he built a business from the ground up and is now in major retailers nationally so sam tell us what good wipes is and where we can find it before we jump into who you are and your background chelsea first of all oh my pod (laughs) <laughs> so excited to be here. And thank you for having me. So Good Wipes, we make eco-friendly wet wipes for adults. The best way to think about it is we make butt wipes and down there wipes and full body wipes for when you can't shower, all with great ingredients and all biodegradable. So they're good for the earth too, to keep people fresh all day, every day, no matter what they're doing. That was our goal behind it and that's what we're accomplishing today and you can find them on amazon.com on goodwipes.com and in a few stores such as target cvs and heb which is a grocery store out of texas so a lot of different places and hopefully all over the country in the next couple of years that is insane that you guys earned that many retailers and how long has good wipes been in business So we've been working on Good Wipes for about five years, really selling for three and a half or four years. Um, And the the national retail situation really kind of just started happening the past two years. And it's it hasn't slowed down. So it's been really crazy and very exciting growth for us. Now, before we get into the whole business thing, it blows my mind that 
when I knew you, for everyone that doesn't know, me and Sam actually went to college together. Sam, you worked as a party promoter, right? That's correct. For, what was it called? Party degree. Party degree, yes. We were both in Greek life. I was in a sorority. Yep. You were in a fraternity. We were always going out. And now Good Wipes is literally your baby. And so I want to talk about before Good Wipes was even a thought, what were you doing? Like, do you have family background that your parents were entrepreneurs or any type of innovation? Like, where did this idea even come from? Yeah, I could answer that in a few ways. So the idea actually did come from college in a way. So I've been wiping my butts with baby wipes my entire life. I never, <laughs> I've honestly, I've never purchased toilet paper ever. I've used it but I've never bought it from the store. And in college is actually where Good Wipes kind of get gets its roots. We just never took action there. But um, in college, I was going around the, the fraternity house, which was right across the street from yours, and before you even got out there. And I was convincing Charlie, my co-founder, and I we were best friends. We didn't know anybody and we didn't know each other. But right when we met, we each had a really big bag of baby wipes in the Sigma Chi house. And we would go around and tell everybody that they needed to use baby wipes as well to wipe their butt instead of toilet paper. The toilet paper was terrible there. And you may even remember a lot of the stalls didn't even have toilet paper. It's That was standard it was just, for like every fraternity though. <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, exactly. And so the need was widespread, rampant need for good wipes. And we were able to convert all the guys living in the house. This is when we were pledges as well, to start using baby wipes. Uh, but ultimately, we found out they would just make us go to the store and buy them. And that's because there wasn't really a brand that connected with them. They didn't really know where to buy them in the store. They didn't like the packaging solution or the ingredients. Nothing just spoke to them. So that's after college, a few years after college, Charlie and I had always worked together. And I can touch on the entrepreneurial question too. But after college, we decided, hey, we could sell a bunch of butt wipes. That was just the short idea. If we made a cooler brand with better ingredients, on-the-go packaging solutions, things of that nature. Uh, but in college, I guess I've always considered myself an entrepreneur. Uh, my parents are entrepreneurs. Uh, my dad, I guess in a way, not not the standard way that you would think about it, but my dad has always owned his own, owned his own business. He's an attorney, and my mom has had a couple different types of businesses as well. But frankly, Chelsea, that never really – I never really thought of that in, mm -hmm. in that capacity. Of, I, I've always just wanted to – do whatever I wanted to do at the time or wanted to do my own thing, if that makes sense. Right. So you have this idea. And by the way, I'm a big fan of baby wipes as well. My my mom like put us on those as soon as we were off diapers. And yes. so it was the same thing. I remember throwing a party in high school and we had wipes in every bathroom and everyone was like, I'm so confused. Like, would you guys not have toilet paper in your house? So good wipes is such a great idea but in playing devil's advocate when yeah. you came out with this there are obviously baby wipes but there are a few companies that have made the transition to these on-the-go wipes where you guys like no we still have a better idea we know we're gonna have different ingredients and packaging or what was your idea when you just saw like you said the market started putting these out um were you guys like okay let's just keep doing it and see what happens or did you have a really specific intentional strategy 
to make sure that you guys were extremely different from anything out there? Yeah, so a couple, I'll, I'll answer that a couple different ways. So one, the main way that we that we push ourselves out in the marketplace in a differentiated platform is looking at Good Wipes as a lifestyle company and really a brand. And what does what does good being you know in the Good Wipes gang mean, or what does it mean to use and have a Good Wipe? And it's very different than what we see with other products right now, which we see as kind of like oh, it's, is this a baby wipe or is this, you know, an adult wipe? Can I use this type of thing? Or you have a brand like Summer's Eve, which has been around for 40 years, but doesn't have the best reputation among millennials or Gen Z. And people say things like, oh, Summer's Eve, the brand, you know, I think of the brand as like my grandma's douche. So, and by the way, before we launched, we made sure to talk to a lot of people, see what they thought. And the whole, you know, kind of, wrapping this all together is the uh, the millennial audience and now Gen Z audience, they don't really connect that much with these legacy brands. So you could say Cottonelle, Charmin, they don't really care that much. They want really cool brands and great products. So we knew that if we built a really cool brand with great products, with good ingredients, uh, that we could carve ourselves out and niche in the marketplace. That's one part of it. The other part is we see millions of people. Wipes don't necessarily still have that great of a reputation, whether it's a baby wipe. Kind of like you said, people would go in your bathroom and say, why do you have baby wipes instead of toilet paper? People still ask that question. They don't really get it. They just don't get it. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, okay, then we're going to be the ones that say, no, you can use wipes and it's cool. So wipes have always kind of had a branding issue in my mind and among adults, but we know that they should be using them. So we said, okay, let's make a cooler brand and people will start using it and feel like it's okay. Break down the social taboo. So we, we want to change the conversation around hygiene and change the way people think about hygiene. And you and your partner, Charlie, worked together. How did you decide on him? Was it just because you were friends? Did you know that he shared the same vision? Because a lot of people go into business with the wrong person and completely get screwed down the line. So how did you choose Charlie? Chelsea, it's crazy. Charlie and I have been working together for over 10 years. And I think actually 12 years. As of last December or December 2017, we had also lived together every waking freaking moment from college all the way through that day. Unbelievable. Wow. We've had a long run. There is no end in sight. Uh, but we had always clicked from that moment in college when we started telling people that they needed to be using baby wipes. We, had, we were, were doing party degree together. And we had always kind of had this bond and understanding and relationship built on business and that we just wanted to go out there and do cool things, um, make movements happen and be in business for ourselves. And we always kind of just stuck together and we, we worked together in college at party degree. Um, after college, we were part of a company called complete nutrition, one of the fastest growing franchises in the country. And then we transitioned into good wipes. So we have, we have worked together all the way through college. So I think it may be, if I'm 30, when we went to college at 18, 12 years. So wow. a fair, we're very lucky, I would say. 
Yeah, especially starting that young where when you're still growing up and then getting to your 30s and still being on the same page, like you said, that is pretty lucky. It, it, it is. It is. I can't wait till you're in your 30s, Chelsea. It's, it's oh, crazy. I'm close. So, like you said, Good Wipes does have kind of a social taboo, though. Was Charlie like, can we do something cooler? Can we, like, focus on a more male lifestyle brand? Or was he like, I'm all in. I love this idea. Let's go. We were all in. We've always been all in. I mean, sometimes there's a push-pull. Uh, sometimes there's a push-pull with the outside world coming in with an idea uh, or a mentor or something that we have to take into consideration that we didn't originally like, but we figure it out. And originally, the idea was just for men's butt wipes. But we saw a gap and in talking to our friends and our peers and honestly random people, we did see a gap to have men's and women's products. Um, and eventually we see this, our vision for Good Wipes is to be the king of all wipes. So not only do we want to have a dominant personal care presence, but we also wanted to come out with household wipes and specialty niche wipes and a bunch of other cool ideas that I, I, I make tease throughout the interview, but probably won't mm. tell you. Well, what I'm really interested in, because like you said, this this was all an idea and it's now a full-blown, actual, tangible product. How do you even go about executing it? So you and Charlie say, let's do this. What is literally the very first thing you do? And I don't want like high level, like, oh, you know, we had a vision and then we just started working no, at it. No. Like literally, the, did you Google something? Did you make a business plan? Did you say we really need to find two mentors where are we going to do this out of hire a coach like every detail i want to hear it all hell yeah hey do you are we allowed to uh <clears throat> do you use foul language on this on oh my pod ever yes you can definitely cuss <laughs> I, I think i have to because chelsea we had no idea what the fuck we were doing i swear <laughs> to god if it's hard to use my memory right now because i've I, sometimes I feel too polished and it's bullshit, right? Like if I'm going to go back five and a half years ago, I swear to you, we had no idea what the fuck we were doing. Not at all. Uh, we had just come from this franchise world where everything is for the most part cookie cutter for you, right? They have a template that they want you to use. We knew what we were doing. We knew what we wanted to do and they tell you how to do it. They build the framework for you, etc. But with Good Wipes, we were just like, oh, we have a product and we want to bring it to the marketplace. Like, what the fuck do you do? And we, I swear to God, we had no idea what we're doing, which feels weird to say because I feel like we've come a long way being where we are now. And the very first thing that we did was we moved back to Orlando. We were in Stewart, Florida. Have you ever heard of Stewart? Sure have. Okay. Well... Oh, my pod listeners, I don't know if you've heard of Stewart. It's <laughs> the worst town. I, I hated it. So this was the tail end of Complete Nutrition, uh, what we were doing, the project that we were doing. The town is like 15,000 people. The population, I mean, half the people have a, a foot in the coffin, right? Like everyone's old. It was just terrible. So we were like, okay, we want to do this Good Wipes thing. We're leaving this job. Let's go live in my parents' house in Orlando, Florida for two months, Charlie and me. And so we did, except for two months ended up being 15 months, which is the lesson I've learned, especially not knowing what we're doing 
is things take way longer than anticipated. So the very first thing we did, we started telling different people about it in Orlando when we got back. Everyone's really excited, but we're all like, what the hell am I going to do? So the first thing we did do was we, we got set up with some coaches and we had saved up a bunch of money from our, our last job. We got per DMs, which was sick. So like we never paid rent for a year. So we had, we just like, we're like, all right, I have this much money. You have this much money. We had like $15,000 each. Let's just dump it into, dump it into good wipes and then let's see what happens. And we paid $7,000 for like three months of business coaching. We were like, yeah, let's, we're going to manufacture this really quick. We're going to get to market. We did not have a business plan. I would say Chelsea that initially we were kind of the school of thought like, Oh yeah, just, just go, don't come up with a business plan. If I were to do it over again, I would come up with at least a rough business plan and get my, our ideas out so that we could think things through more clearly instead of just like, Oh, let's go talk to this person and do this and that. Right. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. And how did you even find a coach? Because the positive and negative now yes. about being online and social is everyone touts themselves as some type of coach or money mindset person or lifestyle mentor. How did you guys actually vet who you wanted to work with? Yes. And I think it's such, my opinion is it's unfortunate because I'm sure there are great people out there. And like, if you, Chelsea, honestly, if you said, Hey, I want to be your coach, like just in life, I would say yes. But I think Thank nine you. out of 10, probably more 95% of the people out there are just bullshit. And I, I, I don't, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's such a convoluted marketplace. I don't love it, but that's going on a tangent here. We were referred, we were told like, Hey, you got to check out these people. They help, they bring products to market. So okay. the second we heard that I was like, okay, done. Um, and while we did get a couple good things out of it, overall, I hate to say it, I, I think it was a waste of money, but it's also something that got us to where we are today, but they were new. They were a startup. They're really nice. All of them are super cool and really nice people. And we were excited to meet with them every time, but the hands-on learning that we need for the type of business that we're running now, we didn't get there, but it's just some of the, one of those things that like you have to go through the journey and we chose it and paid a lot of money for it. And so that it is what it is. And then with the business plan, because I didn't go to business school and I'm sure half the people listening have no idea where to start. When you say you would have done that looking back, what is the basic outline of a business plan? Is it three years, five years? You do like 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, five years. Like, first of all, what's the timeline of a business plan? And then what is the actual, like, uh, the steps you need to take within a business plan to make sure that you're following it? Yes. And I know that you, in the last question, asked for some granularity and detail. So I'll provide as much as possible. I haven't written a lot of business plans because they do kind of take a long time. And I think you do want to have a blend of execution and, and strategizing. But I think a one of the better ways to think about it is to think number one, I think a three to five year is great, but I also think thinking in extreme long term, like in 10 years, what do you want this company to be and kind of like a vision? So for example, we want to be the king of all wipes, like I said, which means that we want to have multiple different types of wipes online and in retail stores in different parts of the, of the, of, of a retail store or a grocery store. So what, 
what does that look like? And working backwards is what I find is to me just makes the most logical sense. And, you know, I would say you could say, yeah, start with the 10 year, then work back to the five year and say, okay, what really needs to happen? What are the critical steps that need to happen in three years? What's our best opportunity? And I have to tell you, I'm still going through this in a way where I'll always try to do kind of the least amount because entrepreneurs were, you're just like, go, go, go. Always trying to take the path of least resistance because you have limited resources and time and you're literally trying to build something out of nothing, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're, we're sometimes it could feel like shortcutting something, but I always feel better every time when I go back and say, really go through the steps and say, okay, well, what do we need to execute on this? Uh, SWOT analysis, which I, I can explain. Do you know SWOT analysis? I remember briefly from a class, but do not yes. know the details. So it's like strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And so the point I was get, I was about to get at is originally I think like, oh, that silly little exercise, like who needs to do that? But now I'm finding myself doing those exercises and saying, oh, well, when you think about the fundamentals this way, it kind of reveals, you know, what are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? Yes, we've we always talk about the opportunity, but what are the threats that we haven't really been thinking about before? And that does affect the way that you consider going to market. Another thing that I would say, going back to your question of how do we want to come up with a business plan, not just the 10-year vision, the five-year vision, what are the steps you need to do, but also thinking in terms of the different buckets that can be within a business. So for our business, because we're selling products and we now know that we want to be in retail and online is we could say, okay, what's our distribution strategy? So how do we get our products into market? Where do we want to go? Which retailers do we want to go to and why? Um, What's your operational strategy? And frankly, you know, Charlie and I don't have experience with this. We're very good at selling. So we're like, okay, distribution strategy, we can figure that out. But with the operation strategy, like, what does it look like to build infrastructure? Do we have, how do, how do we get to the scale with manufacturers? Do we need one manufacturer, two manufacturer to make a million wipes a month or 15 million wipes a month? What does that look like? Uh, financial strategy, accounting strategy, on and on and on. I can go through each one if you want, but just to give you an idea, like you, you do want to be thinking through all the different facets of the business, organizational structure. What in two years, what type of hires do you need to be making to make this dream a reality? And that can be very difficult if you're in our position and our position five years ago and frankly, every step of the way when you don't, you've never done this before or haven't been in a company that's done this before, it can be difficult to go through those exercises because you don't know what that can look like. But at the same time, I am a firm believer in the philosophy of this innocence is and, and purity, like we just want to do this and figure it out, will get us to where we want to go versus, you know, having a jaded mind, if that makes sense. Right. And as you're going through this, like you said, you start realizing, oh, wait, how many people are we going to hire and how many wipes are we going to make? Did you or Charlie ever take a step back like, whoa, we kind of bit off more than we can chew? I don't know about this. Like, were you ever scared? I don't know that this is actually going to launch. There have been times, I would be lying if I said that there have been times that I haven't been scared. I've always been confident in knowing that we can figure this out. Um, 
but sometimes I'll sit there thinking, shit, what hires do we need to make? Or damn, how do we get into this retailer? And are we going to get into this retailer? And the bottom line is, is that you don't really know. And even if, I, I just have to tell you, even if we were experienced or, and things are going really well, you still don't always know. Running a startup or even in our business, consumer products, working with retailers or, or anything really, um, you just, you, you can plan as much as you want, but you don't always know what can happen. So anything can happen. And you have to be, you have to have a mindset that you, and be prepared for anything to happen and be able to pivot or take a step back and say, uh-oh, maybe we were wrong here. Um, and so you have to have this balance of you're going to get scared sometimes, at least I, I, I know I have, but also being fearless and saying, if you're going to make this happen, you have to take the time to figure out what's the next step going to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think something that a lot of people can relate to is just knowing that, like you said, you have to have that mindset of like, I do see an end, a light at the end of the tunnel here, but uh, something that people have a hard time with is the financial freedom to be able to do that. Like you said, I think you said you spent $7,000 on a business coach. Some people might've been like, whoa, that's all my savings. I only had $3,000. So when it came to the money part of it, was there a time where you guys were like, we're running low on money we need to find investors or we need to ask someone to help us out. Like, how does that work when you start realizing, okay, this is costing more than I thought. This is taking more time than I thought. How do you actually pivot? Yeah, we, we consistently worry um, and have worried for since day one about finances. And so the way that we've always thought about it is let's just get enough money, however we can get it, whether it's through a, there are a lot of working capital solutions out there, Chelsea. So we've used a service called Cabbage. There's something called ClearBank. So if anyone on, on our amazing Oh My Pod listenership is interested in starting a business, I will name some resources if you want to take the leap. Yeah. Um, I think that if, if that's something that you think is helpful, Chelsea. But uh, resources like Cabbage, K-A-B-B-A-G-E, um, even if you sell on Amazon, we sell on Amazon. They do a lending when you when you hit certain thresholds. So there are ways to get money out there, but we've always just been like, oh, we need, we just need whatever money we can get and keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now we're actually going through. I, I have to. I legally, literally, I have to be careful. How I say this, but like we are doing kind of a fundraising right now, um, where we're talking to private investors. But we did launch with a crowdfunding campaign where we raised our goal was five thousand dollars. This was in. March of 2014, or excuse me, April 2014, and we actually raised $10,000, and that got us to the next level. So we've always just done, hey, let's raise enough to get as much money as we can in and get to the next level. We've leveraged a ton of credit cards and credit card debt, both personal and business. Um, I mean, probably $15,000, $20,000 each personal, and then like seventy dollars or $100,000 of business credit card just we just got them all at once it's called an apparam it's actually really cool if you are very excited about your business and don't mind taking on this risk is you apply for a bunch of credit cards at once i actually do not recommend this but i'll tell you what it is you apply for a bunch of credit cards at the same time so that they're not pulling and seeing that you've applied for other credit cards and 
and then you can get, you know, if you do like 20 applications and you get approved for 10, that's a bunch of money. Right. So that's a little tip and trick that I do not recommend financially at all. You should not listen to me on that. Okay. So everyone, even though you know about it, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. But we did, we've done whatever we've had to do just to get enough money just to keep moving. Um, and, and the way we're thinking about it now is you want to, you want to get out there and, and, and do some fundraising. Um, and that's something, if you really know where you want to go, or if you're just fearless, fundraising, it's really hard, takes a long time. Um, you get a lot of no's unless you're like the hottest business in the world, like WeWork or I guess Facebook or something like that. But, uh, th- yeah, so that's the way that we're thinking about it now. Now you, so then you make the business plan. You're like, okay, this is what we have to do. This is the coach we're hiring. This is the direction we're going mm-hmm. in. Where did you even start coming up with the name and the packaging and the branding? Because I've seen Good Good Wipes and I've used them. And that really is, I think, one of your guys' biggest differentiators is how cute the packaging is. Like, you want to put it in your purse as a girl. You want to whip it out. You, I actually was at a tailgate and someone asked if, um, if someone had toilet paper. And I was like, oh, here's a, here's a Good Wipe. And they were all commenting on the packaging. So that is a huge deal, I think. If you guys didn't have that branding and specific package, it might not have taken off as well. Do you agree? And how did you decide, again, on the name, the colors, everything? Walk us through that process. I agree 100%. So the branding happened in a couple ways. It's evolved over time. Our first couple renditions, I don't think were the best. But again, we were just piecing things together, hacking things together. And at the beginning, when we had no idea what we were doing, we had this coaching company they were kind of like oh yeah we have a designer and she was really nice and cool and she kind of started working on a version of it um and we were like oh gray for guys with blue writing and white with pink for girls and it says this and this on it and so we were working with the designer then we kind of maxed out with 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 the coaches and kind of got to the end of the contract and decided you know, $7,500 later, we didn't want to renew. So I put a post on Facebook and my cousin works in the branding world. And she was like, Hey, I have a really cool designer that I work with here at General Mills. Here she is. Uh, her name's Krista. She's awesome. And she, Krista was amazing. She hooked us up, spent a lot of time with us. Um, long story short, we've evolved from that branding. It was really great for, for where it was, but we just didn't really know like how to think it beyond that. Um, we got accepted into one of the top 10 startup accelerators in the country based out of Cincinnati. They're called the Brandery. And so we were hooked up with uh, an, an agency. They have a lot of creative agencies in Cincinnati because Procter & Gamble are there, Kroger's there. A lot of some of the biggest companies in the world are in Cincinnati, actually. And so they have great creative agencies. And so we met with, with a company um, called Spice Fire and... We got $100,000 worth of free work for them, all pretty much on the branding and packaging of our company, who we are, what we do, and getting super detailed. And that's because I'm a pain in the ass and like want to make sure everything is like right and that we're all on the same page. And like, no, I don't like that. And if I don't, if we're, if we're uncomfortable with something, we won't go forward with it. So we, we got it till we wanted it just right. And got the got the packaging done picked our colors picked the words that we put in the box which they're small boxes so it's you know you have to be very selective because you don't want a bunch of words on there 
Um, but yeah, I think we came up with something that authentically relates and, and shows who we are, what we do, why we do it, uh, with the cool feeling, empowering people to do more feel good, live clean, um, making people feel good about using our products, sharing the appropriate attributes, uh, making you, yeah, just making you feel like you're, you're with a cool brand and a cool company. Um, and we knew we wanted a bright and vibrant and energetic feel to it that's also relatable with really great copy, which, by the way, we wrote all the copy on the boxes. I'm very proud because we have a ton of copy all over the place, so it took a long time. Um, but we just wanted something that was cool that at the tailgate you could pass out. And by the way, thank you for doing that. Of and course. people would say, oh, cool, what's this? And like, where do I buy it type of thing? And that's what we have. So I'm excited about that. Did that answer the question? Yes, and tell everyone some of the slogans on the box because I think that really is what catches people's eyes. Yep, so, and one thing I want to say is I, I would like to clarify back on some of the product differentiation. Um, number one, baby wipes aren't flushable. So if you're, just to say that we're, our main competitor, we feel, is baby wipes and toilet paper, at least for our flushable wipes. And baby wipes you can't flush and also smell like a baby. And while there's a small constituency of people out there that like that, most people don't. They want to smell, you know, like a, a scent that they want. So we have a rose water down there wipe, a shea cocoa down there wipe. Um, for the men, we have cedar. And people responded really well to that. And then toilet paper overall just does not clean you. Front, back, side to side, you're leaving something behind. So everybody please buy something other than toilet paper out there. I, I beg of you. Anyway, uh, Chelsea, sorry. What was, what I had, I had to just release that energy. What was your question? The slogans, like there's, you're a genius yeah. and there's a bunch of other little quirky, cute sayings and slogans on there. And I want you to walk us through some of them. Yes, I can walk you through that. And, and the thought behind it, I'll start with you're a genius. Uh, we've, we just have brainstorming sessions and we say, okay, how can we, empower we really think deeply about how do we empower our consumer whether they know us or not and the chances are that they don't how can we make them feel really good about this purchase and so we were sitting around one day and i think i came up with the idea i don't remember exactly why but we were talking about that that this person is smarter than anyone else you're smart for using a good way but you always want to reward the the consumer and the consumer is the hero not your product right so that's the way that we thought about it where chelsea you are the one who's right for making this decision it's not that good wipes are are so awesome and and you get to use a good wipe it's that you are smart for picking this product up so we said you are of a genius you're a genius you're of a genius since it's a down there wipe and that's literally how we came up with it so that is definitely one of our favorite ones, is Vigenius. Love it. Um, leave nothing behind. So yeah, and by the way, for the audience, so this is what's written on the sachets or the individual packets of our product. So it doesn't just say like, here's a good wipe on there. It says, this is the, the most, the biggest thing. Um, on our men's butt wipes, we have leave nothing behind as a friendly little reminder that every time you're using this, you're cleaning every nook and cranny. On our body wipes, we have, I got 99 problems, but being fresh ain't one. I think 
you know, we're, we're always just the good wife's office, as you can imagine, Chelsea is just a very lively, energetic, rambunctious place. And so we're just like singing and jamming and it's, it's very, there's free to be creative about the cabin. And I don't know how we came up with that one, but we just did. It's very similar, obviously, as you know, to the Jay-Z song, I got 99 problems, but uh, whatever his next line is, ain't one. So we said being fresh ain't one. Um, do more, shower less, we use, because we want to empower people to go out there and, and get the experiences they, that they want to do in their lives. And you don't always have to shower. So here's a good wipe. So that's talking about our body wipes. And then we've also used good wipes in my bag swag, which is making kind of going back to making us the hero, which we don't always love to do, but it's kind of fun. Um, so we, there is that, as you can tell, infusion of pop culture, which we, which we think is pretty cool too. But we always want to make sure, and you can tell me if you think I'm wrong, but that we don't come off as trying too hard. A lot of brands try very hard. Um, and so we always want to toe that line. Like, you know, it, it, we want it to seem organic. And I call it the Tao of branding, T-A-O, um, which is like, it, it looks effortless, but there's actually a lot of effort behind it. That's what, that's what we want to be putting out into the world. No, and you guys are not trying too hard, especially because I think once people hear directly from you, like when I read the those slogans, I was like, oh, this is Sam. Like it really is Thank your you. branding, your personality, you and Charlie together. It makes a lot of sense. And it's not something that I think brands that try too hard. Here's an example. I remember there was like some financial yes. app coming through my Instagram feed and then they were like, get your savings on fleek. And you could tell it was like some older traditional marketing guy was like, let's just come up with a word bubble of millennial sayings and throw them in our copy and see what happens. And it had the worst backlash because saving on fleek like that just didn't even make sense. It had uh, so many negative comments and the branding wasn't even millennial. It was, again, very traditional. So it was like, how did this even make it onto Instagram? It's um, the best. And it's the like, best. Yeah, like you said, millennials can spot that stuff pretty quickly. Like, we we are looking at brands now more than ever. Like you said, who's taking a stand? Who's different? Whose branding is, is more out there? I think that's what's catching a lot more millennial eyes than anything else. But what's interesting about this product is if you think about what you have to study, it's everything that is down there. Like, the gross smells and poop and mm-hmm. issues, like... If you think about it, a lot of people are like, mm, I don't really want to do market research on that. So how did mm-hmm. you guys, like, what is the type of research that you're doing? I know you guys said you talked to peers and, you know, just looking at the market in general. But, like, was there a formal research process? Do you have stats to say, like, yes, this many people are struggling with this issue? Like, I would love to hear more about that aspect. Yeah, so I'll tell you, a lot of it is anecdotal research, qualitative, just kind of talking to people, not a lot of formal research. Um, I will also tell you that when, when we knew, when, when it was just Charlie and myself, when we knew that we were not going to just be doing men's butt, butt wipes, we were very intentional about surrounding ourselves with female hires, um, number one, and mentors so that we're, it's not, you, you, you don't want to just be two guys like coming up with, Although, although, by the way, a lot of makeup companies and fashion companies are founded by guys. You know, you want to surround yourself with 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 female minds. And by the way, here's a little tip to any entrepreneurs, especially if you are a guy. I think you always want to be surrounding yourself with 
female minds and, and anyone that thinks different than you. And so Charlie and I have always been very intentional about that because we are so like-minded. We're like, okay, if, if it's just us two, we are 100% missing what's going on in the rest of the world if we don't surround ourselves with people who think differently than us. So that's one thing I want to put out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, if, if it's fragrance, if it's something where it's trying to develop fragrance or name, we'll do surveys. So that's one of the things that we can kind of do now that we have kind of a semi-established customer base is we can do surveys. We have Good Wipes Labs, which is a Facebook group where people can share different ideas and what fragrances they want. Um, we, you know, we'll do email, email surveys and post them on Facebook and we'll get like two to 300 responses every time about does this copy look good? Does this package look good? Does this product name look good? What do you think? And then ultimately we still have to make the decision for ourselves, but that ends up being very telling. Um, as far as talking about like the, the nasty stuff, you know, it, I think it's about getting in that mindset and we're, we're comfortable with it because it's what we do. I grew up watching South Park, listening to Howard Stern. So like that stuff, you know, family guy has, it's just like, it's how I am normally. Um, but I understand for everybody else, it's not. So you just have to understand that when we are talking about that stuff, you're, you're kind of stepping into that, that, that world, which I think is very helpful. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's not, you, you can do light research and find out who, I don't know. I don't know. I, I we don't do too much market. This may sound bad to say, but we don't do too much market research of like who has this problem or who has this problem, but it's more just kind of like talking to people, understanding their needs, um, and, and, and riding the gut instinct of what we see in the marketplace and just going back to knowing that we've been able to convert people to using baby wipes and knowing that people are using, using this. And then people honestly, cause they know what we do. They just end up telling us, they'll tell us a story like you told us, Chelsea, where you're like, yeah, my mom was. A, a saint and a genius of a genius and she had us on baby wipes and never toilet paper right so like those stories happen to us all the time so we're able to, to pick those up and kind of keep it that those in the mental archives that's so interesting and i assume at some point you and charlie are very confident in your product you now you hired the coach you have the business plan you start like getting really excited i think everyone that has built any type of side hobby like i said or passion project or anything or business gets in that vortex of like, okay, I'm like feeling that this is really going to happen. Was there ever a point along the way where a mentor or a coach or even a friend said, what are you guys doing? Like this, this isn't going to work. Cause I know you said personally, you guys had that problem, but did anyone say not even uh, this isn't going to work, but like you guys need to like check yourself. This isn't, you're not going down the right path. And how did you go about moving forward from that? Yeah. A couple things. So right when we started and we moved back into my parents' house, um, transitioning off that job, my my dad and mom every single day were like, you need to get a job, what are you doing? And I just said no, even though I was living with them. So it was very tense and awkward for the first two out of 15 months. And I was like, no, this is what we're doing. And, you know, maybe they were right. Maybe I should have, you know, bartended or something. But I was so sick of bartending from college. And I was like, Man, I just want to do this. So I, I don't care what, what the consequences are. Um, and they were rough. But... I was like, look, look, let's just do this. But I would say along the way, we've got questions and, and doubts. And you can kind of tell in someone's voice when they, like an adult who's kind of passive aggressive, and they're like, well, but why are you doing this and not this? You know, I mean, right. you, you, you work in the real world, real world, you know what they're saying. And 
Um, I, I would say at the brandery, well, the first time we would meet with mentors who have had who had worked in Procter and Gamble and had had successful businesses would say like, "How are you guys going to you know get people to shelf, and how are you guys going to get the brand awareness out there?" And they were right in asking those questions, by the way. But we would just say, look, we want to do viral videos. We want to do sampling programs, yada, yada. We don't know everything we need to know. And that's why we're here sitting down with you. So we have had some questioning, I would say, not necessarily doubting um, or hating. <laughs> but we would just say, like, hey, like, we're, you know, we realize this is going to be a challenge. And, and we'd love a little bit of help. Did you guys ever find that your egos got in the way? And I, what I mean by that is... For it, let's use the packages, packaging as an example. Up front, you said you had like the blue for the guys, the pink for the girls. And maybe at that time you were like, this is this makes sense. We want it simple. That's how it's always been. Blue means boy, pink means girl. And you were like, this is a great idea. And someone was like, absolutely not. This is like so basic. You need to change it. But you were like steadfast on, no, I want it to be these two colors. Like that's an, uh, an example, but has your ego ever gotten in the way where you're like, I really do need to take a step back and let someone that knows more about me handle this? Yes, a lot, of course. I wish it wasn't true, but I think just in the, co- the that context, I'll, uh, context, I'll just use the sentence of thinking that what we were doing was right at the time, but not knowing that there's another possibility, angle, approach, option, or other way to do it. I would say that has happened a lot of times, yes. And then what about, you said you were working for 15 months in your parents' house, or you were living there for 15 months before you guys actually yeah, moved out? 15 so months. So what was the work-life balance, if any, or were you guys just working around the clock, day to night, 24-7? Mostly working around the clock. The The trouble during that time was, and and going back to your like financing question, um, we haven't always had you know enough money and resources to do all the things we wanted to do. So sometimes we would just we would just be sitting like with our hands tied. I remember actually, I'll tell you a story. In a few months in, like the, maybe the third month we were there, we we were running out. We were running out of money. We were running out of uh, samples. Um, like we had contacted like fifteen manufacturers, and we were on the last like the last possible manufacturer for white that we really liked and wanted to bring to market. There's sort of a lot of things that go into it, feel, ingredients, how good is the partner. And we went out of town for the weekend. So it was like the first fun thing we did this entire time. We went to Florida State for a game to hang out with our friends and stuff. And then we were like, damn, if this white sucks like the rest of them did, we were getting like, we were getting like, fucking napkins i don't know what was going on <laughs> so when we got back and we were like okay we know that that literally our what we want to do with good wipes lies in the balance of do we like this wipe or not and so we went and we we're like all right let's just go party and have a fun weekend and then when we got back so i don't know maybe we're 24 25 at the time when we got back the wipes were there and we're like oh shit and we like it was Sunday. We like slept. We were like, no, let's just sleep on it first. And then woke up the next day, opened it up. And there we were. And the wipes were like perfect. There, there have been so many moments like that where it's like, oh my God, is this the end of the road? Right. And then you, you open it up or, or something happens and you're like, oh my God, we're safe on the, on the last little piece. But I know the question was about work-life balance and 
it, it's tough. I mean, you are tied to your business unless you're doing something else. So the decision we made was not to get another job or not to do anything else. So everything relied on, you know, this one wife or this business. So a lot of times you're like, man, I, I was not able to, Chelsea, separate my work and life and, and still kind of have that, you know, that challenge where like everything that's going on can rely on, do we get this target deal or not? Or do we get the CVS deal? Or do we get this investment? Um, or did the shipment arrive on time or anything like that? And, and so that can make it very, it can cloud your head and almost not even allow you to have a, a fun time if you're doing something else. So I'm always constantly thinking about work, always. How do you not get burnt out though? Do you have a specific morning routine? Do you make time for exercise? Do you make sure you get eight hours of sleep a night? Like how do you make sure that you're healthy enough to even keep running a business at this stage of your life? That's a good question. And something I've been exploring recently is I never really thought of burnout before, um, which is, I think is dumb and stupid. Unless, unless you're one of those people that literally can work 16 hours a day all day for the rest of your life without thinking about anything, which I know very few people who can, then burnout can be real. Um, and, and I think it's funny because I always thought of burnout. I, I want to comment on this, Chelsea. I've always thought of burnout. And I actually want to get your opinion. I've always thought of burnout in the physical context in which I've always felt like I avoided that because I, I typically don't work longer than a 14-hour day or 12-hour day, and I don't always do that. I always thought about it in the physical sense, but it sounded like when you were asking me, you were asking about in the mental context. Is that right? Or were you talking about physical? Yeah, both. I think because for me, even hearing people work 14-hour days around the clock is insane because I love to sleep. But on yeah. the flip side of that, like I've had that even with my podcast where I'm like, what is going on here? Like, what is the purpose of this? How am I going to keep booking guests? How am I going to scale up? And I overwhelm myself and I kind of burn myself out mentally where then I'm like, okay, I don't even want to do this anymore. And so I'm curious yeah. to hear if you've had that mental burnout. Yeah, I, I have. And th th that's, that's what I'm so interested in right now is because I have recently had a, a mini mental burnout. Not where I just wanted to give up, but just like where my brain was not working well. I knew that I was not functioning well and it was crazy. And I, I hate admitting it because I feel better now, but it, 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 I've never experienced anything like it in my life where I just like was so ineffective because I, I was, I, I, my mind had worked so hard over just a lot of bullshit problems or just running in circles that it literally ran, it was running on fumes that didn't work well. So I do think self-care is very important. I try to be careful about looking for quote unquote prescriptions like, oh, you meditate for five minutes in the morning and then take a cold shower and yada yada and you'll be all better. I am wary of those because I don't want to just look for a quick fix. I want to dig deep. I feel like the answer or the antidote to burnout is digging really, really deep and being like true to yourself. So Chelsea, like you, when you're thinking what is going on with this podcast, uh, what's the purpose? What am I doing here? How am I going to get more guests? How am I going to scale up? But then, you know, maybe the, the thinking for you is like, wow, I'm a phenomenal interviewer. I have an amazing voice. I'm one of the best conversationalists in the world. 
and not just thinking that, but you know that's true. That's why you're doing this. And, or at least that's what I see. And so then for my thinking, it's like, wait a second. I know why I'm doing good lives because I believe in this. I have seen success. I get a hundred emails every day of people telling me why they like good wife better than any other product uh, or better than toilet paper or just it's saving their lives. So getting that validation for what you're doing, believing it, being really pure and sincere and like, I'm passionate about this. So I'm seeing this through hell or high water and also take doing the self care. So on the physical side, I'm with you, Chelsea. I love getting sleep. I always try for eight hours, but sometimes if I'm stressed, I just wake up in the middle of the night, like three in the morning, thinking about everything and can't go back to sleep. Um, and while I said, I, I don't want prescriptions and I don't want to think of, Oh, meditate twice in the day or whatever. And, for me, I can't keep up with all that stuff, but I like to do some of those things. So in the morning, I'm doing a little, very minute, very mini and minuscule and almost non-committal to where it's just like a little bit of movement. So I'll do a couple stretches. Sometimes I take a cold shower just honestly to wake me up. Um, but I don't try to say like I need to do five or ten things in the morning. I do exercise. I love exercising and I like lifting weights that I like to do what I like to do. But I also like walking in the park. I have found that very therapeutic. So going on a, like an hour-long walk, it has to be outside. I think to me, walking on a treadmill feels like I'm in prison. I don't know what, what it is, but just I feel, like, I feel like confined. Does that make sense? Yeah, I hate the treadmill as well. Yes. I love that. Well, also, I appreciate your compliment. My love language is words of affirmation. So you just completely made my day. Um, but yeah. I want to end with probably one of your biggest accomplishments to date getting your product in a retailer like target and for anyone that doesn't know you know the scale of retailer we all know what target is but target's a tier one retailer meaning they are in almost every single no they are in every state right they're all in every single state so that's a big deal you're not in you know piggly wiggly or your local mom and pop shop so I'm sure, correct me if I'm wrong, that might have been one of your proudest moments to date. Walk us through that pitch, how you got in, and what that feeling was like. Yep. So I agree with you, and you will probably never, if we're doing our job right, you will never see Good Wipes in Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> um, and only in Target and places like Target and Publix and, and places like that. But yeah, so we have always seen our brand as a Target brand. Uh, by that, I mean, you know, you think of Method, you think of Target, you think of Mrs. Myers, you think of Target, high-end, nice, fun, energetic, that vibes with, you know, that that beautiful red dot and the, the light and all the colors going on in Target. And so it was very important to us. We, yeah, the Target story is very serendipitous and actually all started, I'm going to go the full story, it all started at a wedding that you were at, Jack and Michelle. Wow. Um, very audience. These are very dear friends of ours. But when I went down to Tampa, Florida, I met with a guy in the industry I know who is a <clears throat> career sales guy in the, in the food industry. And he told me that he just got his company into that he was about to get the company that he was selling for into Target and that he had a particular broker that was very interested in meeting new brands. And he's like, I'll hook you up. And I was like, let's do it. So the next, the following week when I got back in March, I was already talking to this broker. And to give people a lay of the land of how you get, like this, this shit ain't Shark Tank. I'm telling you right now, 
Um, and I, I'm sorry to burst the bubble of people watching out there. Like, how do you actually get your product into a retailer? Most of the time, you'll go through what's called a broker or they're kind of like a sales agency that helps manage your account. They have all the relationships. And it's much, in our opinion, easier to get into a retailer if you're working with a broker. So anyway, I got connected to this broker, um, have a couple calls with them. They're kind of like, you know, they do the grilling thing. Like, how do you, how do you think you're going to be able to, you know, get sales at Target, yada, yada. We tell them our plan. They're like, okay, cool. They found out that the Target buyer, for this is for the feminine hygiene aisle where the, where the tampons and the cleansing are. And they said, hey, are you guys, they, they found out that the feminine hygiene buyer was already interested in good wipes. So then they all, all of a sudden got really excited. They're like, hey, when can you come to Minneapolis? We want to sign you, yada, yada, yada. And we're like, all right, cool, let's go. They're like, all right, when in April? We're like, next week. So we go up to Minneapolis. We come up with a plan of all the different categories that we think that we can go into. They're like, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm friends with all these buyers. And we're like, all right, cool. So she's like texting with these buyers like, hey, all right, we're going to get this meeting, yada, yada. Um, we end up setting up a call. We just found out when we got up there that the buyer that was interested in us for feminine hygiene for our down there wipes move to another category and they were like hey there's this new girl on the desk we don't know her we don't have a relationship with her she may not even care about you and we're like oh okay well all right that's kind of what we were banking on which you can never bank on this stuff and we said okay so what do we do now um and she was like we're gonna try and get the meeting but we we don't know how to feel about it. we're like all right fine and so we end up getting scheduled a month later for like a 15 minute call. We're like, Oh my God, a 15 minute phone call. We don't even get to be in the same room as her and do our little thing our pizzazz, whatever. But we're just like working on our pitch deck, which is our, you know, PowerPoint presentation or whatever, if you will, keynote presentation, highlighting the brand, our products, our pricing, our marketing, all that different stuff. And we got on the phone with her and at the end of the call, 15 minutes, She's very stoic. So she's like, uh-huh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, thanks. That sounds good. And you never know what a buyer's thinking. But then in the call, she was like, hey, all right, um, I like this. When can you come to Minneapolis? And we're like, uh, hey, whenever. And we come up about three weeks later and can't get a hold of her. Their buyers are so busy. And when you're a smaller vendor, they, they you know, by the law of economics, they can't care about you that much because they have – you know, like an 80-20 rule, like they have to focus on their big business. And they're like, all right, come up. And so I came up, met with her for 30 minutes in June of 2018. She liked it. She's like, all right, I'm going to bring in two items and cut you in. Um, We wanted to bring an exclusive product to her. Target loves exclusive. And knowing that that's where we want our brand to kind of be built, we said, we'll give you an exclusive. And we came up with a uh, rose water fragrance which as you know is just the hottest of the hot right now and we launched with our rose water and shea cocoa in 630 stores in october um, they sold so well that she is bringing us into all 1800 stores in april amazing and we're bringing out this is the this is the exclusive release uh, no no one else knows this i don't even know if i'm allowed to tell you this but we're bringing a third fragrance in April to all 1800 stores and it's called sensual seduction. Oh my God. Blend of, Oh my pod is right. (laughs) 
it is a blend of amber, cardamom, vetiver, and rosewood. Rosewood. It's very subtle. It's it's almost scentless, but it, it's you'll you'll have to try it, and it's the best thing in the world. So exclusive only in Target. Sensual seduction. We couldn't be more excited about this. You heard it here first on Oh My Pod. I'm probably going to get in trouble by the Good Wipes team, but. <laughs> I had to let someone know. I'm bad at holding in secrets. Breaking news. You heard her here first. That is amazing. Breaking. And I have to say, I really am so proud of you guys. Because like I said, we I know you guys from partying together in college at one of the biggest party schools in the nation. So to see you guys actually have an idea, execute, and end up in one of the largest retailers, both online and from a physical standpoint, brick and mortar is amazing. Um, to end, what is one piece of advice business, personal, anything that you would give that to anyone that wants to start their own business or launch their own product? Gosh, um, even through the ups and downs and the pain of it all and the not having started with a business plan, I would say if you have an idea and you really believe in it, if, if, if you have no choice but to do it, that's what I would say. If you feel like you have no choice but to do it, then just do it. Just do it. Just Nike. Just, just do it. Ju- yeah. And I, for a second, I was like, do I really want to end on on a Nike slogan? And what I mean by that is if you end up doing it, it's not because you decided decided to do it. It's because you, you just, you're, it's a feeling in your body that you just can't shake unless you go forward with it. And I hope that you get to that place because the, the journey is incredibly fun You'll meet a lot of people along the way. Um, and if you're a hustler, you're really going to figure out, you know, what you need to do to make this successful. And you'll you'll be better off at the end of it if, if you win or lose. Exactly. You have to at least try. Because if you didn't yes. try, then you'll always look back and be like, why didn't I just do it? Exactly. Like you, the, the, you don't want that regret. You got to go for it. So where can everyone find you? Where can everyone find Good Wipes? Remind us again where we can buy them because everyone needs these. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I, I have them right now. I agree. You don't need to be taking 10 showers a day. Get our body wipes. You don't need to be using toilet paper or baby wipes. It, it doesn't get the job done. You can't flush baby wipes. They don't smell great. But what you do want to do is just, it's not about us. It's about you. You just want to have a little quick quick wipe up a quick good wipe there's nothing better than a good wipe and get get on with your day and live your freaking life you can find us on instagram at good wipes g-o-o-d-w-i-p is in panda e s is in sam you can find me at good wipes sam marcus on instagram but i don't really care just follow good wipes instead and www.goodwipes.com and the Easiest and quickest place to buy Good Wipes to your door if you want to try them out in two days is Amazon.com. Search Good Wipes. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sam. Everyone get your Good Wipes. Be a genius. Stay fresh. Yes. And what's the last one? Sensual. Uh, Sensual seduction. Yeah. Sensual seduction. (laughs) Stay seductive. Let's do one more plug. Sensual seduction. Rose water. Shea cocoa. Get them all. $2.19. It's pretty much walking in the store and buying free wipes at Target. April, any Target in the world. Love it. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Chelsea. Oh, my pod. Let's go. (laughs) 